Welcome to Unsilent with your hosts, Dave and Brian. This is not another current events podcast. We're digging deeper, diagnosing, and discussing what's really going on today, how we got here, and providing observations for future generations. Welcome to Unsilent. We're Brian and Dave. We're hoping you'll let us know where you think we got it right and where you think we completely, utterly missed the point, which you can do by visiting unsilentpodcast.com. So let's get into it. What are you thinking about this time, Ryan? Well, I'd like to talk about something that I don't know that looking back in hindsight that will be all that apparent. It might be. I don't know. Uh, all of our leaders are in their like 80s, I think. Um <laughs> It seems like we don't have anyone who has a significant rank in federal government, for sure, that is under, I'm like, 76. I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm not being, I'm not exaggerating. Like, as we're recording this now in October or November now of 2023, um, we've had leaders on camera freeze up and just, like, appear to yeah. have, like, mini strokes. Yeah. Um we we have leaders who are just kind of seeming impaired. Uh the president can't seem to walk up and down stairs. He can't seem to Meanwhile, they're still in charge. <laughs> so what's up with that, Dave? <laughs> well, yeah, it is or and and when you say in charge, I think you sort of got to do air quotes uh, yeah. uh around that because yeah, uh that's a fair point. Uh, the the cognitive um the cognitive sharpness of these folks. Well, and it's really it really becomes apparent when you listen to their speeches, whether it, you know, any of the folks that we're talking about, uh, 20 or 30 or 40 years ago, you listen to their speeches back then and you're like, yeah. well, this is somebody who's got a command of the language, even though, you know, maybe they didn't agree with them. They still had a command of the language, but, uh, today it seems like they're struggling to get through things, especially if there's no teleprompter, uh, right. to give them the cues that they're supposed to, supposed to take. And so, and, and so it really is a, a strange thing. I think uh, a lot of it is because we have such an entrenched, um, an entrenched system, an entrenched party system in this country that those that know how to navigate that system, those that are, that are in control of that system have been in control for such a long time that it's very difficult for a younger person, maybe with fresh ideas and more energy, et cetera, to, um, to break in and rise through the ranks. It's a very long bureaucratic slog to get yeah. to any place. Um, in, I mean, you, you get younger people elected to Congress to the, to the lower house, to the house of representatives. And sometimes, you know, not that many younger folks are in the Senate, but to get to a leadership position in the Senate, a leadership position uh, at, at the presidential level uh, takes just such a long time. And, you know, there's also been one of the things that occurs to me, too, is <clears throat> there's a lot of of um, of disbelief in our in our current structure. In other words, yeah. I, I heard just yesterday, and, and as of this moment, November 2023, the approval rating of of the House of Representatives of Congress, actually I think it's Congress overall, is 13%. Right. 13%. So, you know, well, why don't we have new leadership uh in in our political class? Because 87% of the people believe the whole thing's messed up. And so yeah. it's kind of hard to attract a young idealistic person to that structure, I think. 
Yeah, and and to be fair, I mean, you know, we have people who are in their 30s in Congress, and they're sure. They're, I'm, I'm not suggesting that literally every single one. What I am suggesting is people who have the ability, you know, Mitch McConnell, for example, at this moment, like it or not, fair or not fair, has the ability to decide who gets to even run in and be supported because of the of the funds that he controls. So if a 32-year-old yeah. came along and he didn't like them, they wouldn't have a shot. So I'm not I'm not suggesting people don't get elected. That, that's not what I mean. So for those of you listening, like, what are you talking about? Of course there's young people. I mean in senior leadership roles. And, and I want to go yeah. back to something you said in the very beginning. I don't want to derail the whole conversation, but I want to go back to something you said because it, it, it kind of – I always kind of have these thoughts like, well, is it worse if this or if is it, is it worse, worse if that? And you talked about how these people are impa- they seemingly impaired. And so they're not running things, probably. So my question is, is it worse if they are running things and they are impaired and they're running things? Or is it worse if we elect these people, but because they can't do things, they have other people running the show that we can't see? And it's a sincere question for you, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Which of those, which of those would be worse in your mind? Well, I think it's, I think if, if they were actually running things, uh, in the short term, it probably would be worse because they would be, you know, like, yeah. well, where is this country or who is this leader or, or where's Roosevelt when I need him or, you know, whatever, you know, right. um, uh, in the long term, it would probably be better because then we would have people that are actually, uh, more uh, cognitively competent, uh, yeah. in, in charge. So but sometimes you have to go and, through some. And I think that's a, pain. I think that's an element of why people, you know, what, there's there's two reasons that they won't give up control. One is they don't or they won't there there's reasons they won't two reasons they won't get out of the office. One is they won't give up control and two is we're not pushing them out, right? Right. Right. Um part of the reason we're not pushing them out is because for some people I'm guessing it does feel like it really doesn't matter who has the office because they're not the ones running the show anyway. Right. And who wants to stand there and catch tomatoes being thrown at you when things aren't not are not really in your control. They're Right. We've all heard stories by now of people who are very idealistic and they get elected and they go to Washington, uh, D.C. And you know, two, and a, two and a half months later, they're like, what the hell is this all about? Like, I can't get anything. <laughs> they don't want to hear my ideas. They, they're, right. Everything they do is to squash people like like me. Yeah. Yeah. And so the combination of that and and, you know, this mountain you would have to climb to get elected and get. And and to pacify the people who have the purse strings, the, the senior leadership in the parties and all that kind of stuff, right. uh, that doesn't sound attractive for anyone. Well, no, so we, no. So you know these old people, right? <laughs> well, that's that's exactly it. I mean, I think if you if you pile all those things up, there there have been people. Um, not that I have any any aspirations or or even would, but there's people that asked me to run for things in the past, and yeah. and my my response has always been. I'd probably end up in a in a month or two pushing a pencil through my eye into my brain because right. it's so mind-numbingly uh, bureaucratic and impossible to actually get anything of any substance done. And especially right now, I mean, very simple things uh, you you can't get done. And so from from a from a, a person who's got if a person has a, uh, a not even a 
hyper idealistic agenda, but a, but an agenda that says I want to make things better for America. Well, maybe we should pass a bill that does that, but you can't oftentimes pass a bill because you have to pass an omnibus bill that yeah, has yeah. everything from a bridge to nowhere in Alaska to, uh, right. you know, money for cleaning pigs feet in Iowa. Uh, you, you can't get anything done. And so why would the people that have the best ideas and the most energy want to participate in a system like that? This is an interesting point. Like this is, and I, I agree with you that when people have mentioned to me, like, why don't you run for office? I, I, my answer is, I, is I'm not electable. I, I just, I'm not because, <laughs> well, <that too. laughs> not because I'm a bad person, but because I would want to get stuff done and we're not in the mode right now of getting stuff done. That's right. Uh, we're in the mode of not getting stuff done. And, and so I would not be an electable kind of person. And, and, and to illustrate what I'm talking about is like, this is what you're talking about with the passing bills, like single topic bills, or right. like, I don't understand why we can't do that except for if we did do that, which I think every, the vast majority of us would say it would be awesome to have one topic, one bill, one vote. Right. And if it takes 50% longer for them to vote, who cares? Right. We want to know where they stand on things. The problem is that nobody would be electable at that point because right. <laughs> everyone would have a reason not to vote for them. And so it's kind of a catch 22. It feels like to me, does that, does it feel like that to you or you think I'm exaggerating 100%. that? No, no, 100%. That, that's 100% right. Because, you know, e even stuff that you can get a significant portion of people to agree with you on uh, probably will be hard to pass because of the loud vocal uh, fringes will essentially scuttle you. I mean, so it, here's a – this one is a little bit uh, time-based, but, you know, there is a uh, – Currently in the Congress, in the, in the House of the United States, uh, one person who, one person who doesn't like you can, on the Republican side, can make a motion to vacate the speaker's chair, the third most powerful, yeah. uh, position in the United States. So president yeah. dies, then the vice president, the vice president dies, then the speaker of the House becomes the president. Right. That, that person could have any member of Congress push for a, uh, of, or, or any member of their party, rather, the, the Republican party, push to vacate them and they're out. So you make anybody mad about anything. So you have to go along to get along. You can't do anything too dramatic or too substantial or, uh, right. or, or the, because you'll, you'll just get, you'll just get thrown out. So the, the whole, and this is what I mean by when I say the system, the system is so bureaucratic, so intensely, um, I, you know, I, I don't believe in conspiracy theories and such. I don't think there's a, a shadowy, right. you know, conspiracy out there running things. Yeah. But I do believe that there's a massive, monstrous bureaucracy. If you want to call it the swamp, call it the swamp. If you want to call it the deep state, I don't care what you call it. Right. But it's, it's just, it's an out there in the open, massive bureaucratic state. You put somebody, you put a good person with good intentions. You mentioned this. In, in, uh, in a congressional position. And then they got to have to go through all of the, the trainings and the orientations and know who's really, okay, this is the person you really want to, you know, all yeah. the crony, all the cronyism, the whole thing. Yep. And a person that's like, I, I want to go because I want to make a difference for my country. And in some very basic ways, these are the things yep. that I believe. And that person is going to be either chewed up by the system. 
uh, in a lot of cases, or they're going to be so far out there that it's just their their anger runs them through uh, and they yeah. survive on anger. But this is not a way to govern a country. This is not a way to to run the most powerful country that's ever been conceived in the history of humanity. And so it's got to change. It's yeah. going to change. It's got to change. It, yeah, it will change. And this is one of the things that I'm glad that Kenny G will not have to experience probably in his lifetime. Kenny G, again, being a guy born around the year 2040 in Generation Gamma is now what it's being called. Right. That's why we call him Kenny G. Um, but you're right. I think this is going to be one of those things that has to get resolved. And and there's kind of two pieces. One, I have personal experience in because I, I wrote legislation that became a law on the state level, not the federal mm-hmm. level. But I had to go through the whole process of of understanding how the system works. And even just at a state level, which is infinitely yeah. easier than the federal level. Right. Um, it was it was clear right out of the gate that that out of the hundred or two hundred or whatever hundred and some something people I think in the state that that um, ended up passing the bill that we we wrote, um, it really only mattered what a handful of them thought. Sure. Yep. The vast majority would do what they were told by the people in charge of the committees or um, the the purse strings or both. In many cases, people who had been around for a while, who had the relationships, who had the funding, right. because they they it's it, it again it's catch twenty two. We, we complain about this stuff, and and but you can't you can't solve any problems if you can't get elected. Okay, so right. that's yep. like a base thing. Like, yep, you. And, and every person who goes there believes that they have great ideas. So let's assume that I'm a guy who goes there and I have great ideas and knowing that 48% of the population is going to hate everything I do. Okay, fine. But I think I'm going to, I can right. solve problems. I'm going to go there and get elected. I can't do anything if I don't get elected. Right. So I have to do the things that it takes to get elected, which includes appeasing the people who have the purse strings, making the right relationships with the people in the, in the political system. So right. that's one element of it is there's a hierarchy and a seniority and a, and who has the ability to get fundraising done? Yep. If you can't, if you can't um, meet their needs in a way that gets them on your team, you're out. Yep. So that's one side of it. And then the other side of it is the bureaucracy that you're talking about. And you and I talked about this before, where an entity, an organization, doesn't matter what kind it is, will get to a point where all that matters is self-preservation and growth. That's right. And yep. that's and that's becomes the paramount function of the entity. And again, it doesn't matter if it's a nonprofit organization for helping homeless yep. people, if it's Walmart, it doesn't matter what it is. The the CCP in China, it it, it doesn't matter. Yep. Every entity, every organization will get to a size where the paramount function becomes self-preservation yep. and uh, expansion. Yep. And and so on the bureaucratic side, we have situations undoubtedly where the person elected has a chief of staff or some kind of administrative assistant or whatever. And at, at the state level, they might have a couple of those at the federal level. They might have five or six layers deep right. and <laughs> the people in the top two or three positions of the admin staff are not really doing anything. They're delegating everything. And, and pretty soon right. you have nine people doing what used to be a one elected person's job who had a, I know you're supposed to say this anymore, but had a secretary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's and that's also why you find that a lot of the people that vote on bills don't really know what's in them. Because they've yeah. got legislative staff that are doing all of the writing of everything that's in it. There were famously, I, I think it was Nancy Pelosi 
who said, well, we have to pass it before we read to see it, see what's in it, read it to see what's in it. Right. So, you know, when you've got a system that is, is so completely bureaucratized that the people that are in charge are really only in charge from a sort of a broad strategic level and all of the individual, you know, what, what actually matters on a yeah. day-to-day implementation is not even known by those people. Then you have a dysfunctional system. And that is exact. And that's also why other people yeah. can't get elected because, or can't can't make a difference because they don't have all of these levers, all these little minutia of gears that need to be turned to get something done. They have to be, when somebody gets to Washington, D.C., they have to be conditioned and inculcated to know all the little things. And maybe in 10 years, you'll know enough of the little things to author your own bill or something, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I never saw this personally, but I heard stories while I was heavily involved in that legislative process of even worse than what you're describing where the the legislator would would not know what's on the bill to vote on they would ask their staff i heard stories of legislators leaving the hall to vote and going out and asking the lobbyists am i voting for this or against this and then getting <laughs> yes. their answer and going back in yes. i never saw that i don't have any firsthand experience with it. but i heard enough stories about that to to, yeah. to think that there's some truth to it of some sort and and that was just my again, and I'm talking like states, small stuff. Like, like it, but if it's happening there, it's happening at the federal level. Yeah, and that's where we we've talked about before, like you know these these companies and these entities and and whatever ETF funds and whatever, like they have such power that, and that the the politicians are disengaged, and so it kind of does feel like I don't have any way to prove this or substantiate what I'm going to say, but. It does kind of feel like you go there and you have your dreams. You find out you can't do it. You sell your soul to the devil and you say, well, I might as well just sit here and get rich. <laughs> right. Right. Well, yeah. And that, that is a, you know, one of the best ways to get rich is to be elected to office. And then you, it's, it's a career path to either yeah, better write it out or to the media or, you know, ultimately to the media. Yeah. You know, here's, here's one of the ways I think about this, Brian, the late night comics on TV that we think are so funny or well, a lot of times I don't think they're funny. I think they're, yeah, they're they used to be, but they, they used to be, but the late night comics that are on TV, this, the jokes that they tell, they're not their jokes. They're jokes no. that are written for them. The speeches yeah. that people give, uh, the, uh, and this has been the case for a very long time are speeches yeah. in the most part that are written by, uh, by their speechwriters, and they are right. the deliverers of the speech. Now, now, you know, I mean, so Reagan had um, one of the one of the guys that I like to listen to is one of Reagan's speechwriters because right. he had great ideas, very articulate, etc. And and there was, you know, there's nothing nefarious there at all. But you know, Reagan would tell him as an example, "Here's what I want to communicate," and then yep. he would put into place the words, etc., to do that. So in a lot of cases today, though, I think what we have is we've got people that are either media person personalities or want to be media personalities that are in these positions in these elected positions in government. This sounds very cynical, but hey, this is what I think it is. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. elected positions in government. They've got staffs that tell them what to do uh, on, you know, I mean, they still have free will, et cetera, so they're not puppets, but they have staff yeah. that tell them what to do. And they've got lobbyists that are funding whatever they want funded that are telling them what to do. And they are then the front person to go out and be the presenter of whatever it is the people that they've chosen to align themselves uh, tell them what to do. So a lot of it is the people who have who have uh, what is the choice of the of the elected person who you're aligning yourself with. 
So, yeah. because they're still going to tell you what to do. So, you know, it, it, infamously, uh, we've heard recently that, that our current president, Biden, look him up if you're Kenny G, um, has come out with cards and, and those cards tell him which reporter he can call on and which one he can't call on. Oh, I'm not supposed to call on you. Now, he's not supposed to say that out loud, uh, but yeah. he, he still says it out loud. And, and the public yeah. looks at that. I look at that and say, I'm not interested in being a puppet for lobbyists and, and, you know, be a lobbyist is one of the, in fact, the lobbyist is one of the only, um, the only constitutionally protected positions in, 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 in our founding documents. So, you know, yeah. so I'm not, uh, I'm not against, you know, lobbyists, but, but lobbyists with too much money, too much influence, uh, the bureaucracy that says, no, 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 you, this thing you want to do, you can't do that because of subparagraph B number two, which was, and then, and then, of course, the lawyers that are involved in that as well. The law was supposed to be something that we could understand as citizens. But as I look at the law these days, and as I talk to lawyers these days, I'm like, what in the heck? I'm, I'm doing a real estate thing. And I said, well, this makes sense to me. He says, well, that might make sense to you. But the Fifth Circuit said, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, so why do we have only old people? They're the only ones that will will have been around long enough to know how the system works. And who have the control to some extent of the levers of power. And those of us that would like to see something positive done are, would just be too frustrated to do it. And we know it. And so we're not going there. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, So when you talk about Reagan have, telling his speechwriters what he wanted to communicate and they would help him wordsmithing. Yes. That, that makes perfect sense. What yeah. happens now, though, is they test talking points yes, and they yes. come back and tell the politician, here's what the public wants to hear you say. Right. And, and frankly, that's not leadership. That's, that's, no. that's the opposite of leadership, which yeah. is part of what gets us down this path of the fourth turning and these things falling apart. Yes. And that's why all the institutions are crumbling is because somewhere along the way, I would argue, you know, late eighties, early nineties, halfway through the, the, the saculum of the fourth turning, the 80 year yep. cycle, look it up if you're not sure what we're talking about. Um, Things start that that pivot happens, and right. now we're responding to what people want to hear instead of making decisions that, even though that they're right, might be unpopular. And then, and then, you know, one of the things that that also with this has happened. And I'm sure this happens again every every cycle, every every one of these. You know, like we're in the what would you call it a few episodes ago? Um, like this is the third America. There was the first yeah, one when this, we were the, founded. The third in Republic. Second. We're in the third, the third republic. republic. Yeah, the fourth republic yeah. is on its way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so uh, one of the things that that we've seen specifically in the third republic, I don't know about the other two, honestly, but it I know is happening in this one is the founding fathers did a great job of of keeping people's power in check. Yes, they had the, they they have great checks and balance system. What they didn't anticipate and what is causing problems, I think, is they didn't have a way to force people to meet their obligations. Right. So, so Congress has delegated a tremendous amount of their authority and, and frankly, ability, I would say yeah. to bureaucracies yep. um, the, the, and to the presidency. And, and yep. so, so it's, it's not what it was intended to be. Exactly. And, and so for a young person to have to come in and undo that is going to be exceptionally hard, way yeah. harder than it would for to be a guy elected in when was Biden elected? Like seventy two to the Senate or something like that. Uh, Eighteen seventy two, um, yeah, yeah. 1872. Yeah, 
<laughs> That's right. Sorry, sorry. Somewhere in the 1970s, he was he was elected. Yeah. His path in politics is immensely easier than it would be for an AOC coming in now, yeah. or somebody young who has to undo all this crap that his generation right. did, and and the and the the uh, I can't think of the right word, but delegating their authority, giving it away, yeah. and not having having not maintaining their obligation and responsibility. And that is part of what's created this big bureaucratic monster that's yeah. going to have to be undone because it's not sustainable. Well, and that's exactly right. And 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 the and the reality of it to connect this to our our our, our fourth turning concept is that what has become uh, a, a a leviathan of of uh, bureaucratic uh, insanity that nobody can really understand 70,000 pages of tax code, et cetera. What yeah. all of this stuff that's been done, the, the, the takeover of the bureau of the administrative state versus the legislative state, all of that, that has to be undone just from a human nature and from a history perspective and from a, you know, previous seculums, it's not going to be undone incrementally. It's been created incrementally. It's been yeah. created step by step by step. We need another law. We need another law. We need yep. another law. There, there's a book I've got sitting on my desk from the 90s, uh, uh, Philip K. Howard, The Death of Common Sense. And, the, and, the, and the, the subtitle of the book is How Law is Strangling America. And this was like, you know, 30, 25 years ago, something like that. And, and he talks about this growth of the, of at that time. I mean, that was a long time ago. He talks about that. It's much more applicable today. So I think if we, if we look at it in terms of how can this change? So, you know, so here's the problem. Yep. Here's the problem. We got ancient people with Leviathan yep. systems they can't do. It, it can't be undone incrementally. And so probably what's going to happen in this crisis year that we're in is it will all probably change in a very, very, very compacted period of time when yep. whatever this, whatever the crisis we're facing now is, whether it's war or revolution or, or, or financial collapse, whatever it happens to be, the, the fourth American Republic will be then refounded again yep. on a, with a, a, a more manageable, probably more strict, probably more streamlined kind of yeah. governmental system. Efficient for sure. Yep. Efficient, efficient. Now, whether it's good or not, you know, yeah. who knows? We don't know. Yeah. We don't know if yeah. it's going to work that well. I think well that's something that, we, that you and I need to be really, really clear about in, in our conversations on this podcast for people listening is, is when we talk about the, the rebirth, <laughs> there's no guarantees it's a fantastic rebirth yeah. from our right. perspective. Right. Now, uh, it could be a totally communistic uh, country and Kenny yeah. G's listening, going, "Heck yeah, that's the way it should be." You two dopes were the ones that. I'm sorry, I'm a dope. Dave's not. I, I forget. I keep forgetting that. You two guys <laughs> don't understand that this is the way it's supposed to be. Communist. You're capitalistic, greedy, selfish. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Thank God you guys are gone, and that might be true from his perspective. Um, from ours though, um, the rebirth doesn't. It doesn't promise that. Uh, there's no promise that it'll be the same. Right. Uh, the same. We will have the same forms of freedoms we've grown accustomed to. That's yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, and that's that's exactly right. It could be that it could be autocratic. I mean, so, yeah, um, you know, human history has a majority of the government's governance in human history has been autocratic kings and emperors, yep. and, you know, et, et yep. cetera. It could be a free country like we are now. We don't we, but we don't know. And that. Yeah. And I'm glad you yep. pointed that out, because the it, the one thing we know. Is it's going to change, it's and going to change. there will yeah. be some societal 
the, the there'll be some societal sameness that will happen, whatever that yep. sameness is. And the sameness can be the, the sameness of the government gun saying you will do this. And the sameness might be everybody agreeing, but it will be, it will be, um, it, it will be everybody going in the same direction, uh, just yep. like they have in, in a variety of different times throughout history. So we'll yeah. see. And, and, and when it happens, um, Again, kind of along the lines of the 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 age of the people calling the shots now, and and how all that applies to the fourth turning, it will fall to what we call Gen X, yes, to step in, and we will have to be the ones who kind of undo all this, yep, uh, crummy stuff that baby boomers and whatever have, have yep. done over over this period. If you look back in like around the the Civil War, you know. Ulysses S. Grant came along. He was the seventh general or something like that. Ninth yeah. general. I can't remember how many it was came before him. And Lincoln famously said, um, you know, these generals are they're basically saying that they're soft. And they're like, if I if I give them a million troops, they say they need two million. Like, there's always a reason they can't do the thing. Right. Right. And then Grant comes along and just like starts kicking ass and taking names. Right. Yep. And and then, you know, there's a whole period where he was, you know, not looked upon very favorably and whatever. And then in World War II, is guys like Patton who came in and just like took charge. And this is the pattern where were the people who were sure. the more um, yep. abstract thinkers and, and more, um, uh, uh, I guess, religious or spiritual. Sure. We have the spiritual awakening in the sixties yep. and then, but they're not good at the nuts and bolts right. stuff, right. you know, and then that stuff begins to deteriorate. And then folks who are good at nuts and bolts stuff, which is yep. Gen Xers, we come along and with the, with the snap, all this stuff back into place, that seems like a very unattractive task. So I get why we are reluctant to take the yeah. reins. My question for you, Dave, is why are the people who are at this age reluctant to give up control? I mean, you've had a good run if you're in your 80s and you've made multi-millions of dollars in in your position. What What more is there to gain? Like, they can't, I can't believe that they believe like Mitch McConnell, yeah. it just I'll just tell you who I'm thinking about. Like, I can't believe he wakes up in the morning and goes, Thank God I'm here because these these young these young people who are only in their late sixties couldn't get this <laughs> shit figured out. Thank goodness I'm here to show them the way. Well, I, I will tell you, I was thinking about this a while back because uh somebody who is even much older than Mitch McConnell, uh, who had been there since the dawn of time, Diane Feinstein, uh on the in the other yeah. party just passed away. And, you know, she was in a wheelchair. She was not healthy. She was for not there. The last part of her life. She was out. She wasn't yeah. there. So I, I, I did some thinking about this. I'm like, so why does somebody like that stay there? Because, well, two, two reasons. One, inertia, because that's what she's been doing for the last 60 years or something like that. And, and knows, their yep. entire, their entire self-worth, I think, it, I think it comes down to this. Their entire self-worth is tied up in what in their power, in their position, in their prestige, in their fame. So Mitch yeah. McConnell, you know, there's been things that he's done that I've liked and things that he's done that I haven't liked. But the man knows how to run the sanity. He, he, he knows the ins and outs of the system. He's, I mean, you know, now he pauses every now and then and sort of vacates his mind for, for a little period of time. It's, pauses. His brain, his brain takes he a just little, takes a, little yeah, nap, takes a little nap for a there. few minutes. And so, you know, it, and, you it's know, like sorry, sorry for, for, sorry for that struggle, Mitch. But, but the reality is if he weren't doing oh what he's goodness. doing, then his entire self identity vanishes. 
it vanishes because this is what he's been doing yeah. for a very long time. He's one of the most powerful people in the world. Um, even if he does take a pause, he's still one of the most powerful. Yep. Biden, Biden's, you know, why doesn't Biden, he's got money, he's got, you know, name recognition, prestige. Why doesn't he just stop? Why does he want to run for another term? Because this is who he is. I, I, I see you and I should revisit this question in say about 40 years when we're both really old and say, uh, are, have, have we decided yeah. that at this point in our lives, our, our, our value to, um, and getting people to listen to us is less important, you know? I hope I do, yeah. but maybe not. <laughs> well, I, I can, I can, I, what I do for a living is help <clears throat> business owners figure out how to, how to exit their business, right? That's, that's yeah. part of what yeah. I do. That's not entirely what I do. That's part of what I do for a living. And I can tell you that, that right. one of the scariest things sure. for men, more than women for sure, is thinking about retirement. Now, I will tell you when I was my first real job, I was in the Teamsters Union and I was in the steel industry and, um, my first day on the job, I had kind of a union orientation, a teamster orientation, and I learned two things that day that really stuck with me. One was, at that time in 1994, the Teamsters had enough money in their pension fund to pay the wow. national debt, which at that time was $9 trillion. Okay? And the second thing I learned explained the first thing. The second thing I learned was the average lifespan of a man after oh, wow. he retired yeah. from the Teamsters yeah. was 17 months. And so – and so. We don't talk yeah. about this stuff, but it men know this. And women look forward to sure. I'm, I'm generalizing, so I know that there's exceptions, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, women look forward to spending time with their grandkids and like that, that, that family stuff. Yeah. And, and yep. men fear death, right? So there's no question that that's a thing. And I can tell you from my, my perspective, working with people who yeah. they do have to transition. At some point, you have to sell your business. And, and one of the things that we do fear is yeah, exactly what is my identity going to be? Like this is all, like you, you said, like this is, this is, um, my identity, this is what I'm known as. I'm the guy who had the car wash company or whatever for 40 years. If I don't have that, what will I right. be? And they don't have an answer for that. They won't, they don't want to step into uncertainty. Yep. We know that people don't like to step into uncertainty. So for some of them, they, they write books and they go on booking speaking tours and those people transition right. out easier or they become lobbyists or they, they go run a, a, a economic empire in wall street. Those people seem to transition out. The ones who can't do that, <laughs> either by ability or personality or I don't know, they get right. stuck because they have nowhere to go. And then the second thing is what you talked about also, um, yeah. their their self-worth. So different than their identity is their self-worth. And and again, I think that my perspective is, you know, it's kind of like the, the saying, those who can yeah. do, those who can't, who, who can't teach. <laughs> um, those who can leave... Uh, the Congress and go do other productive things where they make even more money, probably and amass even more power, probably. And I'm not, I, I, I'm not in love with that either. But yeah, the ones who yeah. can't do that, just they're stuck. Like, where's Mitch McConnell right, going right. to go? He's not going to go run a company in Wall Street. Right. He's not going to go on a book speaking yeah, well, tour. Yeah, I, I think power. <laughs> you know, we've talked about this before. Power is addictive. Um, and, and even if you're, you know, I don't think Mitch McConnell's yeah. a bad guy, uh, but I think he probably, you know, he probably no. enjoys the fact that he's one of the most recognized people in the country and in the world. And, you know, he, and it would be hard to give that up. I understand, you know, I mean, even the, the, the people that you're talking to that, that are retiring, you know, you're, when you're in business, lots of people know your name and they look to you for advice. And I've, I've worked with yeah. folks 
I, in fact, in, and I'm not going to mention his name because maybe somebody knows him, but I remember a, a guy who was a salesman and he sold these things and it was the nineties. And the guy, I, I perceived him, I was in my, my twenties and thirties, but I perceived him to be ancient. And, and he said things, you know, his analogies I could not yeah. identify with because I didn't know, I didn't understand his jokes. I didn't like his comb right. over hair, you know, all this stuff. But I, you know, I felt sorry for the, yeah. I felt sorry for the guy. I honestly felt sorry for him because he didn't realize that he wasn't quite yeah. relevant anymore. And I, he didn't know his yeah. time had passed. He didn't realize that his so, time had passed. You yeah. know, when my kids became old enough, I said, look, uh, personally for me, because I can identify, I feel everything we're talking about. I feel the whole thing, you know, because I, I like what I do. I, this yeah. is not a personal, you know, help podcast, but, but, uh, well, uh, yeah. I'll tell okay, you when well, you that old day. Don't worry. You're, you're not there yet. I mean, well, that's also what I told my kids. Right, I made my you're not kids there promise. Yet. I said, look, I don't intend to stop working because I like what I do. I like how it makes me feel, et cetera. But I said, you got to tell me when I become that guy. And then I promise that I will listen. You have to you. comb over in the bad jokes. Don't, don't worry. Well, we'll I just shaved it off. There's no need for comb over. I just shaved it all off. So it's all. Yeah. So, but no, that, a, that all makes it's a real cool. thing I, you're I, in, when you're in it. I, I guess, I guess, um, you know, last, last week we were talking about, you know, the difference in in movies and things like that in the 1940s 1950s there was a a tremendous sense of obligation and duty and that yes. outweighed yes. my personal benefits of things and I, I think that's part of what i lament and i would want to explain to kenny g is i'm sure that the, again he's going to have a, a similar perspective on things that he's lamenting as they're slipping away one of the things for for me in this moment in time and and for many people that would agree with the things that Dave and I say is, is that one of the things that's going away that, that is right. hard and, and not great is this sense of duty and obligation and responsibility in favor of doing things that make me feel good and make me feel powerful. And it, yeah. and again, it, many of these things come down to just being selfish and listen, I'm not saying all selfishness is bad. There's plenty of things that are selfish that are like, like self-preservation yep. is a selfish tendency. That is a good one. That, that's okay. But when, these things are so far out of whack now where it's not even a consideration to look around and go, the entire effing country is falling apart. Yeah. Maybe some of us should get out of the way who are in wheelchairs and let some of the younger folks come in and, and, and do the things that need to be done. And there's just not, I don't feel that there's a, a perception well, that that's even I, on the table I think, or necessary. I think if you would ask folks like, like Mitch McConnell or some of these, the, the octogenarians that run things, uh, I, or the people in their seventies that run things, I think they would probably, yeah. their retort to what we're saying would be, well, we don't see anybody stepping up that's got any skills. We see people stepping up. So both of the, both of the major political right. parties are dominated by fringes that are just angry. And anger is not leadership. Anger is, I mean, so when, yeah. when, uh, when we were attacked at Pearl Harbor, FDR came on and said, this is a day that will live in infamy. And he talked about the, the shared grief and the shared anger, right. but he didn't get up and, and scream and yell like, again, both sides of the, of the aisle do. Well, well, he was in a wheelchair. Dave. He so couldn't I, get it. I suppose I just what did I did I did I what I, I ableisted him or whatever you call that. I, I I'm anti ableist. I ableist. But but you see, you, you see his response. Yeah, there, right. there would be no more justified response in in from in December eighth, nineteen forty one, to than being angry. 
but he didn't do that. Yeah. He came across more settled, more calm, more yeah. resolute. And I would suggest that the the ancient people yeah. that run things now look at the folks that want to change things, and they they don't see resolute prince folks that want push these out. Some of the people that, and if they do, then. Oftentimes they retire and become university presidents or something else. They they just right. they're not going to stick with it. So I think that's probably why another reason why a lot of them stick around. Yeah, I think I think that all the all the things that you've talked about are all valid points, and some are more I you know I I accept and acknowledge, and I I understand more than others. Um, at the end of the day, though, we're stuck in this mess with these people yes. yep. who who are thwarting the people who are coming up. Yes. Because whatever reason they don't like their 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 breath or they don't like their haircut or whatever, <laughs> and they're making it so that they can't get elected. Yep. Simultaneously, they're complaining that nobody else is really taking. Nobody's serious is coming along. Yep. Basically, nobody's doing what I would want to what, what I would want them to do. So right. therefore, I can't relinquish control. And yep. oh, by the way, what I do with myself if I if I gave up all this control? And oh, by the way, I'm one of the top ten most powerful people on the planet. Like, yep. why would I give that up? I, yep. just, all, all these things compound, and what we are end up what we are left with is. A group of people who have uh, deferred their responsibility in many cases. Yep. They've abdicated all their duties um, to unelected bureaucrats. And meanwhile, that that bureaucratic system is just growing and growing yep. and making it ever more difficult and not fun to just endure. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And, and they're and they're great idealists, but they're not great tacticians. They're not great with nuts and bolts stuff. Yep. And eventually this is not sustainable. And we've seen this over and over again. Yep. And it's one of the things that just, you know, from my perspective, uh, I don't, we all complain about it, but, and it feels like it, it will be this way until it just can't be this way anymore. There's many yeah. things you and I talk about that kind yep. of fall in this bucket yep. of things that we're just, yep. It's not ideal. Yep. We know it sucks. And yep. The alternative is still worse because that would mean that guys like me and you would have to go do things that we don't want to do. <laughs> and so, yeah, it really sucks that these guys are blowing it, but eh, I can still hang out in my backyard and go do, do what I want to do on my weekends. And someday that won't be, it'll be so bad that we will have no choice but to start fixing things. Yeah. And that's, and that's how it's, that uh, my conclusion is that's how it's going to change. And yeah. we, we will know because the, we won't be able to ignore it anymore. We won't be able right. to say, well, somebody will fix it. I think we'll also know because, because somebody will emerge. If I go, if I go back in biblical history, uh, Moses emerged when yeah. everything had to change. So a Moses will come along at the same time that things get so bad that it's, it's all going to collapse anyway. And when yeah. that happens, and I mean that in a kind of a societal sense, uh, you know, so that, that, that's how it's all going to change. It's not going to change incrementally. It will change yeah. suddenly. And it will change due to unbearable crisis and personal sacrifice and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I and I think that that's why that's what w was attractive about Trump. And you know, for yep. for Kenny G listening, like Trump will either be the worst president, you know, he'll be ranked the worst president ever, or like number two next yeah. to whoever comes after. It'll be it'll be one or the other. It'll be very polar. <laughs> I'm sure of that. Um, but one of the things that was attractive about him is the same thing, like with Lincoln and Ulysses S. Grant. Lincoln said. Yeah, he's a womanizer. Yeah, he's an alcoholic. But you know what? He fights. Yeah. And that's what we need somebody who fights. And yeah. that's what Trump did. Again, whether you whether you like him or not, that's not relevant to this. If you think he's the worst person ever, that's fine. Yeah. What 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 was what was exciting about him for the people who got behind him or are still behind him as of 
this moment, there's still a significant number of people who are hoping he wins. Yep. Is he fights? He yep. is the opposite of these things. He is a guy who will come in and get things done. And he proved actually in his first term that he's not likable like these old people are that are there. Yep. He's not the he's not the relationship guy. He comes across <laughs> prickly, there's no question. But he got things done in a tactical nuts and bolts way that yeah. arguably were were pretty solid things. And so half the country-ish was ready for that, and half the country-ish is not ready for that. And forget the left and right part for a minute. Just half the country is ready to acknowledge that we were closer to needing to like get this stuff fixed than 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 we were comfortable saying. And the other half is like, yeah, it's just not, it's not, we're not quite well, there and yet. When, when we get to the point where I, I, I think probably in January of 42, FDR, even though he was very far left, he was very well liked by basically yeah. everybody because of the crisis that came. Yeah. So what we'll find, I think yep. when this all comes to a head and when all this does begin to change and when there are sweeping changes, uh, I hope I like them. I might not. <laughs> we'll see uh, when, when all these sweeping yeah. changes do start to happen in response to an existential crisis, existential threat, then we'll find people getting behind whoever and whatever the new program is and mass, even if they were previously opposed to it. So that's, and that's the only, yeah. and that is really the only way that this can change. It cannot change incrementally. It cannot change law by law, election by election. If just my one guy gets elected, it's all going to be fine. It, it can't change that way because the mass is just too big. The mass of inertia yeah. and dysfunction. And we can only put up folks that are 90 years old to run, <laughs> you know, all of that will go away at that, in that way. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, history has shown us it always comes down to one yep. issue. Uh, I don't. We. I don't think you and I have any nope. idea what that one issue is going to be. But it always comes down to one issue. It always gets to the point where we feel like we get motivated because we feel like there's an existential yep. threat to our con country. That is, that's a term that's thrown around a lot right now. I don't mean like what we've endured the last few years. Trump getting elected was not an existential threat. Threat, in my opinion. Yep. Opinion. Biden getting elected was not an existential right. threat, right. even though that's what people will say. A true, legitimate, like our country will no longer exist if this right. thing happens. That is such a cataclysmic thing that we we get and, and people have to step up because the 107 year old people can't exactly. do it and, and younger people have to. And then we had no choice but to yep. get behind them. And then what do you know? Magically, a bunch of really think uh, uh, important, significant things happen really, really fast because we don't have a choice. That's how history has unfolded so far. So yep. Um, yep. it's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> it will be. It will be. And I hope we come out well on the other side. Yeah, so for um, those listening, again, go to unsilentpodcast.com. If you think we we didn't get a, a piece of this right, meaning if we're not explaining to Kenny G what this, mo oh, this moment feels like, if we're not explaining what it feels like for you to have these old people around, if you're like, hey, you guys are crazy, there's not old people around, AOC is really in charge of the whole thing, fine, <laughs> tell us that stuff. Uh, we want to explain to Kenny G what this moment is like, specifically related in this episode to the... the uh, the kind of people who are in charge who, who Dave and I are saying, like the people ultimately in charge uh, are, are quite old and, and what that's like. So anyhow, uh, unsilentpodcast.com is where you can do that or check out our rumble channel. A great place to do that comment would be on the comment section of this video that comes out. And until next time, this is Dave and Brian signing off. See you next week. Do you want to be unsilent? Make your voice heard on our social media channels and share where you think we got it right or wrong. 
Go to unsilentpodcast.com for social links so you can join the discussion. 